Chapter 9, It Always Leads to You. It always leads to you. It was absolutely dreadful to wake up alone after the night he'd spent with Sirius, made that much more dreadful by the blissful soreness in his muscles that he hadn't felt in a decade. In the past, waking up with this sort of ache meant waking up next to Sirius, which often led to an encore of the same arduous activities that had led to the exhaustion in the first place, worsening it in the best way. Despite that Sirius had never shared this bed with him, it still felt unusually empty to wake up without him in it. Soon that would change. In less than 48 hours, he would be driving to London to spend God knows how long tucked away in Sirius's flat, getting to make up for the last lonely decade. With a yawn, Remus turned to his phone, intending to text Sirius, but alarmed by the massive amounts of missed notifications on his phone. Dozens of texts, a couple of missed calls from Pete, one from Sirius, even one from his mum. As Remus began to worry, there was a loud, thundering knock on his front door, and he quickly pulled himself out of bed, stumbling to throw a bathrobe on top over his boxer briefs that he had fallen asleep in, anxious to get to the door to soothe some of the terror building in his chest. After he got one arm into the bathrobe, his mobile began to ring. One glance over told him it was Sirius calling, so he answered as he pulled on the other sleeve, cinching a knot in the front of the robe. Hey, is everything okay? He answered, wishing he could have answered in a less abrupt manner, wishing he could have crooned good morning into the phone that would make Sirius moan in return. The knocking returned to his door as he approached it, more insistent. I have a missed text from everyone. Sirius interrupted, Remus, don't open that door. He yelled, breathless, as if he was running, and the panic swelled in Remus's gut and his hand trembled over the knob. In the midst of Sirius's panting, Remus heard him mumble, Oh my god, James is going to murder me for not telling him about this. Sirius, what is... Again, Sirius spoke before Remus could get out a thought. If you open that door, I think Pete might be waiting to literally punch you in the face. Sirius managed to get out through all his heavy breathing. Abruptly, he hissed, shit, and the call disconnected. Gritting his teeth in preparation, Remus tore open the door only to find that the stairwell that led to his flat was completely empty, save for a single piece of paper taped to his front door. His eyebrows furrowed as he took the torn paper into his hands, throat tightening and eyes widening in realization. It was the front page of the local morning newspaper. A photograph took up the entire front page. A photograph from last night. A photograph of Remus pressing Sirius heavily against the fence outside of Regulus's house in a rather passionate kiss. Sirius's face was raised to the sky, his mouth open wide in apparent ecstasy, with Remus's hand halfway up Sirius's shirt, leaving Sirius's ribs exposed. Shit, Remus repeated with a thick swallow. Because Remus's face was buried in the curve of Sirius's throat, his face was hidden. Even the headline screamed, Sirius Black caught snogging mystery man outside home in Grimmauld Place. 
with the emphasis heavily placed on Remus's gender. And to anyone who knew them, it would be obvious who this mystery man was. Even without considering their history, it was clearly Remus's jacket in the photo, the one Sirius had given him. When the door at the bottom of the stairs yanked open, Remus flinched, expecting Pete to come barreling up to violently tackle him backward into the flat. But when Remus looked down, it was Sirius's face that came around the corner, flushed and perspiring, apparently from sprinting from Regulus's house. At once, they spoke in synchrony. They're going, They're going to, kill, to us. kill us. This one is from Marlene. Remus said, sitting on his sofa and reading out every text he'd received since the break of the news. In historical fashion, Sirius lounged across the sofa, his lanky legs hanging from one end, his head in Remus's lap. It just says, it was the Hosier song, wasn't it? With no punctuation. Followed by a gif of Hosier holding a banana with the caption, I'm gonna do some terrible things with it. And then she has to point out the fact that you'd be the banana in that scenario. Sirius laughed loudly, turning over the newspaper clipping in his hand, looking at the note on the back that read in dramatic red ink, We need to talk. Come to James and Lily's at midday. With a hum of satisfaction, Sirius waved the paper in front of Remus's field of vision for a moment. At least it's a good photo of me. And, well, what I can see of you... Your torso looks rather fit, he laughed again. <laughs> In the text I got from Dorcas, she said she'd wear that jacket around town for a while if we needed to throw anyone off our scent. So that was nice, Remus said with a subdued chuckle. Sirius shot him a look. That is nice, but Dorcas isn't built quite like you. By the way, when I missed Mum's call this morning, she sent me a text and she wants us to come over for dinner. When you're not, you know, in the center of a tabloid scandal, Remus said. Oh, that's right, Sirius said, smacking his palm against his forehead. Reg said the same thing after the show the other night. Told me to invite you for dinner. He figured us out ages ago. Speaking of Regulus, how did you get out of the house this morning? Remus asked, still thumbing through the texts in one hand, the other in Sirius's hair, still tangled from the night before. It was not easy, let me tell you, Sirius said with another boisterous laugh. The stragglers had doubled from last night, and anyone who wasn't standing directly in front of the front gate had snuck around to the back garden. I had to get Regulus to open a window in front of the house and yell at them to distract them long enough for me to climb the fence at the side of the house. Despite the stress of the situation, Sirius still held an easy smile on his face, likely due to the fact that he was safe in Remus's mostly anonymous house, in Remus's lap, with Remus's fingernails scratching softly down his scalp. I'm not ready for this sentencing at James and Lily's, Remus sighed, letting his head fall back onto the sofa cushions behind him, glancing at the clock on the wall to his left. Before Sirius answered, he took Remus's fingers from his hair and wound them into his own, bringing them down to meet his lips. Once we get past the wailing and gnashing of teeth, everything will be fine. Sirius laughed softly. His words mumbled from where he was feathering tender kisses to each of Remus's knuckles. You're rather calm, Remus remarked, lowering his head to show Sirius his raised brow. Don't you remember the way James reacted to the show? 
and you only kept that secret for less than eight hours, Remus said while Sirius made a dramatic wincing expression, stretching his cheeks wide. No, he's definitely going to murder me, Sirius admitted with a sage grimace. But if I survive, then we don't have to sneak around. And you can come home with me to London tonight. Oh, Remus crooned, letting out a breath with his enthusiastic verbalization. This time Sirius was the one with the raised brow. Hadn't considered that bonus. He bit down slightly on his lip. The sooner we face their wrath, the sooner I can take you home. And how did you phrase that exactly? Make love to you for days? Sirius said with a maliciously excited expression on his face, to which Remus responded by leaning in, and after a bit of contorting to reach him, kissed Sirius deeply. Maybe if we're a little early, they'll show us leniency? Remus spoke against Sirius's lips. You're sure there isn't a text from any of them buried in the dozens others you got this morning? Sirius said in a hopeful uptick to his voice, but a nervous grimace in his teeth. Total silence, Remus confirmed with a heavy sigh. What about you? I left my phone behind in my bedroom at Reg's after he joyfully bounded down the stairs to tell me the good news this morning, Sirius said with a playful roll of his eyes. He loves being right. What about your... Remus trailed off, hesitant to even ask, label? A subtly pained sneer moved over his lips and Remus kissed him again to get rid of it, but it returned right after. I'd rather just avoid them altogether. I don't give a shit what they say. They can toss out my whole contract for all I care. I'll record independently if I have to. A bloom of hope and prospect moved through Remus's chest. Is it that easy? I'll make it that easy, Sirius said with a determined glower and a confident shake of his head that shifted Remus's leg upon which Sirius's head was perched. I only signed that contract because it was the only way forward. But, hell, I'm Sirius fucking Black. I'll do whatever the fuck I want from now on. At first, Remus just blinked at him in surprise before saying in an absolute awestruck tone, Punk, I love you so much. And holding Sirius's face in suspension so he could bury him in a violent kiss. Same, Sirius said, reveling in the kiss for a moment before pulling away and moving to his feet. Now, let's march to our imminent deaths before my bravado runs out. With a laugh, he pulled Remus from the sofa. Because you and I both know, unless we go in guns blazing, Lily will produce receipts that make it seem like we've kept this a secret much longer than we have. James will give an emotional speech about how we must not cherish this friendship the way he does, and Pete... Remus interrupted. You know, I initially said Pete would shave off one of my eyebrows, but honestly... I think he would just sit there silently with a look on his face that is so brokenhearted that we'll end up apologizing for things we didn't even do, Remus said with a heavy sigh rubbing his temples. Oh god, I forgot about the puppy dog eyes. Sirius groaned loudly as he opened the front door to Remus's flat, his feet plodding heavily down the stairs, shoulders slumped. We are so fucked. Mm -hmm.
All right, Mooney, Sirius said as they approached James and Lily's front door. Deep breaths. By the sweat beating at Sirius's temples, glistening off the greys in a way that made them look intentionally glittered, it was obvious that Sirius was coaching himself while pretending to coach Remus. Still, it didn't mean Remus wasn't nervous as hell. He could feel it in the trembling of his hand as he took Sirius's fingers. Just be honest, Remus said, swallowing hard, as he rose his fist to knock on the door. That's all we can do, just be honest and hope they understand. Another deep breath and a quick knock. You think if we tell them that we've confessed our love, they'll go easy on us? Sirius asked, risking a sideways glance in Remus's direction despite how his eyes had been fixated on the door. I was actually thinking about telling them that we're already engaged, as a distraction, Remus said playfully, but with as much intention as his words as he could fill. In surprise, Sirius's attention, previously devout on the unopened door, moved fully to Remus's face. Remus looked over to match it. Considering your rejection of my marriage proposal is what ultimately caught us here, I'm a little surprised you would make that joke, he said with a subtle laugh, a thin mask to hide his obvious motive. With his free hand, Remus reached up to take Sirius delicately by the chin, holding him steady so Remus could cover his lips with a soft but profound kiss. Of all the things I daydreamed about over the last ten years, the touching and the kissing and the sex, God, the sex, Remus growled in a low hum, enveloping Sirius in another slow but tempestuous kiss, despite how Sirius was laughing flirtatiously underneath his lips. The thing I dreamt about the most was what our life would have been like if I had said yes. Like texting you to see if you'll pick up dinner on your way home, or going to do the shopping together on Sunday mornings after getting coffee at Marlene's, or the way you'd kiss my forehead when I fell asleep on the sofa, watching a movie on a weeknight, even though I promised you I'd stay awake. Remus hummed into Sirius's lips, still kissing him with every change of phrase. So the next time this topic comes up, it will be when I ask you to marry me, Sirius, and I think it'll be sooner than you think. Unless sooner than I think is right fucking now, it's not soon enough. Sirius laughed into Remus's kiss, but before Remus could blurt out an impromptu marriage proposal, Sirius spoke again. You knocked, right? He said, eyeing the door suspiciously. A furrow moved into Remus's brow as he nodded. Yeah, I... He knocked again, but as soon as he did, he heard Lily yell from inside. We heard you the first time. It sounded like she was trying very hard not to laugh and mostly not succeeding. Come in already. As Remus tentatively opened the door and pulled Sirius along behind him despite the way Sirius was dragging his feet, he peered around the corner to see all three of their closest friends sitting side by side on James and Lily's sofa. Other than Lily, who was still pressing her lips together in some terrible effort not to laugh, James and Pete were staring, stone-faced. Lily spoke again, her voice a bit more level. I came to the door earlier, but you seem to be in the middle of something. Remus felt his face grow a little flushed and watched the identical response bloom in Sirius's cheeks. He decided to avoid all subtleties and get right down to the matter. 
We should have told you from the start. We weren't sure it was going to... Sirius began fumbling a bit, so Remus took over. It's my fault. I asked Sirius not to say anything at first, because I... Sirius interrupted him. Friends! We just wanted to try being friends again first, without all the... Remus jumped in. Not that you would have put any pressure on us or anything like that. We just... Right, Sirius added quickly. There was just so much to work through on our own first. And we didn't want to make things awkward for you, Remus insisted benevolently. <laughs> Jesus, it was awkward. So much apologizing and crying and being fucking weird with each other. Of course, we were weird with each other to start with, Remus said with a fond smile, glancing over at Sirius and squeezing his hand, still in Remus's fingers. A coy smile moved over Sirius's face. Which is why I love you so damn much, you weirdo, Sirius said, beaming, moving his fingers from Remus's hand so he could slip his hand around Remus's waist, just to be that much closer. Says the person who licked me the other day, Remus bantered with an easy smile. Hey, you started that. Sirius crooned into Remus's ear, a breath away from placing his lips to Remus's jaw when James very loudly cleared his throat from the couch. Like teenagers who had been caught in the act, Sirius and Remus immediately separated, both standing with their eyes drawn down. When Remus chanced to look upward, he was perplexed to find all three of his friends smiling at the two of them. Not only smiling, but grinning incandescently, radiating and elated. With a quick nudge to Sirius's ribs, soon Sirius was looking up too, except for the confused glances they traded with each other. Can I tell them? Lily asked, bouncing in her place. I think we should let Pete tell them. He was the one who figured it out, after all. James said, with a single eyebrow raised full of wit and wisdom. The tension moved from Remus's chest in a loud breath. You knew, Remus acknowledged on the same sigh. You knew, Sirius shrieked, outraged. We knew, Pete nodded sagely, but still smiling. That same quiet smile mirrored on Remus's face as he let his head fall forward in defeat. They'd spent all this effort to keep their relationship quiet and their friends had known the whole damn time. But then again, of course they did. Nobody knew them better. When did you know? Remus asked Pete as James and Sirius began the same conversation, but in a much louder register that only became more animated as James moved from the sofa to stand in front of Sirius, both of them wildly waving their arms at each other and flicking each other's earlobes. It was that day Padfoot came by the shop, wasn't it? Pete asked, watching Remus carefully, as if Remus would try to hide his answer behind his expression. That was the first time you two spoke. With a laugh of disbelief, Remus shook his head, impressed. <laughs> That's exactly when. When you came down the next morning, you looked like absolute shit, Pete said with a boisterous laugh, even drowning out James and Sirius for a moment. He patted the sofa between he and Lily, and when Remus sat, Lily took him by the hand, an overjoyed but sympathetic smile on her face. Like you'd been up all bloody night, but at the same time, I hadn't seen you smile like that in ten years. Wearing that same smile, Remus looked up to where James was holding Sirius by the face, tears rolling freely down James's face. 
and Sirius trying desperately to hold back his own, but failing for the most part. And he felt that smile deepen all the way into his chest. Pete was right. Remus never could have hidden his affection for Sirius the way he thought he could. It was all over him, all around him. Not to mention, Pete continued, giving Lily a cartoonish grin. That was the same day you accidentally seduced a woman by talking about the chocolate you named after Sirius. Oh? Lily sat up straight, leaning down into Remus's face as he tried to hide his blushing. God, I never knew you were such a lady killer, Remus. Lily laughed loudly as Pete nudged Remus in the ribs. In my defense, I put on a much more seductive performance for Sirius like an hour after that. I mean, I fed him the chocolate and everything. The whole package. Remus grinned smugly. And then he wouldn't fucking let me kiss him. Sirius pounced into the conversation and pounced into Remus's lap in the same movement, tackling Remus back into the cushions on the sofa. That's just cruel, Mooney, James said, clicking his tongue in admonishment. You can kiss me now, Remus hummed, nuzzling the tip of Sirius's nose with his own. Sirius was happy to oblige, but he savored it greatly, separating Remus's lips slowly until Remus was whining with it. Oh god, we're back to the lovesick teenagers all over again, James groaned loudly. Lily and Pete joining in until Remus and Sirius had no choice but to stop kissing for all their laughter. Enjoy the show while you can, Prongs, Sirius said, curling into Remus's lap. Because if it's all the same to you lot, I'd really love to take Remus back to London and spend a few days reconnecting. Anatomically. Pete said under his breath, waggling his eyebrows in their direction. And Remus would have hit him if his hands weren't so busy holding Sirius by the hips, toying with the hem of his shirt. Aw, it's like the honeymoon you never got to have, James said, and Lily did hit him for that one, though he didn't see the reason because he made it worse. I mean, because Remus turned him down. Yeah, not a sore spot or anything. Remus winced, letting his hands migrate up the back of Sirius's shirt in some effort to physically distract him from the topic at hand. But Sirius just smiled. We've got it sorted, he said, smiling at Remus. Next time, he'll ask me, and we'll call it even. The soft glow of the television that was left on filled the room with a white, fluffy static in the full darkness of the middle of the night. There was no sound, they'd only turned it on as a source of light, a compromised alternative to either of them having to get up from the sofa after the daylight had waned. Of course, that was before the absent ghosting of fingertips on freckled skin had evolved into deliberate strokes, before habitual kisses had developed into desperate moaning, before impatient ungowning in the living room had migrated into cigarette smoke and sated sighs in the bedroom of Sirius's flat. As he adjusted the volume, Remus also adjusted the collar of Sirius's silk floral kimono that he'd put on before wandering into the kitchen, a mission to retrieve the two remaining souffles that Remus had baked earlier in the evening. His bare skin bathed in the pink, flickering glimmer of the television. Remus glimpsed at the familiar early bloom of the numerous purple love bites that peppered his chest, his shoulders, his belly, visible through the open front of the kimono. 
With his thumb, he lowered the waistband of his black boxer briefs to admire the work of Sirius's mouth underneath his hip bone. With the newly raised volume raised only enough for Remus to hear it as he was standing directly in front of the screen, he rolled his eyes at the topic immediately on the reporter's lips, the same thing that had been the subject of the majority of the many broadcasts on and off for the last eight weeks. What is now coming to light are the terms of that original contract and every contract since that Sirius Black has had to sign with Death Eater Records to continue making music under their label, and frankly, it's an unreasonable and cruel list, the blonde reporter said, an obvious irritated pucker to her lips, despite the even keel of her voice as some attempt to stay neutral. It includes a plethora of demands, including paying a monetary fee if he is ever photographed wearing something that is not a pre-approved designer label, not being able to control his own finances, mandatory five-hour vocal training that started every morning at 4am, and the most damning of them all, being forbidden to date at all during the entirety of his contract, a fact that is now clearly an attempt to conceal his orientation. With a disgusted sigh, Remus nearly shut the television off altogether. Of course, hearing all of this from Sirius had been the worst of it, imagining what hell he'd been through over the last decade, and Remus had gone through a period of relapse, where he blamed himself for the whole damn thing. But the girl continued, sparking Remus's interest again. In light of this new information, it came as a surprise to no one when Sirius Black tweeted last week about dumping his former record label and announcing his intention to release his next album as an independent artist. What did come as a surprise was the tweet that followed shortly after, in which Sirius stated that he would be celebrating the victory over gourmet chocolates with his boyfriend which is a sharp departure from his previous silence on the subject of the now infamous photograph that was taken in his hometown just a few months ago. And now the internet is in a collective frenzy in their efforts to figure out just who this mystery man is. The news segment cut to interviews with fans taken from where they were still congregating outside Regulus's house back home, much to Regulus's loud and repeated displeasure, to the fans, to the reporters, and to Remus and Sirius directly. Most said they thought Sirius was dating Harry Styles. Look at the way he's holding Sirius, one intuitive girl said. No way, that's Harry Styles. It's someone he's known for a really long time. I'd bet it being somebody he knew from his hometown. The reporter moved on, showing the original photo that had gotten them into this mess to start with, as well as every photo taken of Sirius since coming back to London as well as a few from when they came back home for several weeks in between. But the town locals had really banded together around Sirius, keeping paparazzi and reporters at bay for the most part. During this time of media frenzy, Remus and Sirius were careful not to be seen outside together. Remus wasn't quite ready for that level of scrutiny in his life, though Pete had argued it would be wicked good publicity for honeymoon chocolates. From where Sirius was waiting for him in the bedroom, Remus could hear the muted sounds of him singing to the record still spinning on that old record player from Remus's flat that he had repaired as a gift for Sirius for Christmas. He sang as softly as if he never thought Remus would have heard it, but he heard it anyway. 
Under his breath, Remus replied in like song, smiling as he sang words that he knew that Sirius wouldn't be able to hear. I will not ask you where you came from. I would not ask neither would you. As the reporter continued to share theories on Remus's identity, he turned off the device and moved into the kitchen to retrieve the still warm souffles that he'd made earlier that evening. But before he carried them back to the waiting love of his life, he rummaged through the cupboard above the fridge. The week before, while Sirius was publicly cutting ties with his tyrannical record label, Remus had stumbled upon a box at the back of one of Sirius's seldom-used drawers. It was a small, hinged box covered in a familiar but faded blue velvet. There were tears in Remus's eyes as soon as they fell upon it. That day, Remus had taken that box and its single content and stashed it away. It had been in the cupboard above the refrigerator for weeks before he added another similar artifact, obtained just as surreptitiously as the original. He took both velvet boxes and set them on the tray with the souffles. He wasn't sure if Sirius knew what day it was. After all, they'd been cooped up in Sirius's flat in London for the last couple weeks, ignoring everything from the outside world. But Remus had been looking forward to this day since Sirius Black had magnificently found his way back into Remus's life. Carefully, he opened the blue velvet box and took the gold band from the cushion, allowing himself to reverently roll the pad of his thumb across the shape of it. With some difficulty, because after all he wasn't 18 anymore and neither were his hands, he fit it onto his left ring finger. Mooney darling... It's exactly two minutes to midnight right now, Sirius called in a sweet sing-song tone that brought an immediate smile to Remus's face. I'm not saying I'll blame you if I don't get amorously kissed at midnight on New Year's Eve for the eleventh year in a row, but it will be your fault. A harmonious laugh moved through Remus's lips as he opened the second box, setting a beautiful silver ring on top of Sirius's chocolate souffle. I wouldn't dare miss it. I've got a lot of New Year's Eves to make up for, Remus called back, picking up the tray with unsteady hands, taking in a deep breath, and letting it out through pursed lips as he added, only to himself, starting with the first one. One minute left, Remus. Get your arse in here and kiss me already, Sirius shouted, laughing madly, and Remus could hear him rustling in the sheets in his excitement, buried in the sounds of collective voices on the television screen, growing to a fever with every second it grew closer to midnight. Once Remus moved through the door, he set the tray onto the bed in front of Sirius, watching him curiously, waiting for his attention to be redirected from the screen. At 30 seconds, a vague countdown began and Sirius looked over at Remus expectantly and Remus nodded toward the tray. When Sirius's eyes fell onto the silver band atop the dark chocolate, they widened and his mouth, once hanging open in anticipation, shut quickly as a heavy swallow moved down his throat. There was something unsaid, something powerful in his gaze as it drew back up to meet Remus's own. Ten. Nine, eight, the audience began counting down to the new year. Marry me, Sirius, Remus breathed out softly in between the commotion on the screen, taking the ring with one hand and Sirius's hand with the other, never taking his eyes from Sirius's face. Seven, six, five, four. 
The voices continued as if counting down to Sirius's answer. Silently, Sirius spread the fingers of his left hand, making room for Remus to slip the ring onto his fingers. Yeah, Remus confirmed with a hesitant smile, shifting the ring back and forth over Sirius's first knuckle. With a smile that spread from one corner of his mouth to the other, Sirius nodded gently. Absolutely, he agreed, biting down on his bottom lip as Remus moved the ring down the full length of his ring finger, pushing the fingers of both hands through Sirius's own, and Sirius finally recognized that Remus was wearing his ring, the one Remus had refused to wear a decade earlier. Three, two, one! The sound of fireworks and the burst of confetti filled the screen behind him, but Remus didn't turn to look at it. He could see the reflection in Sirius's transparent eyes, the pink of the soft confetti fluttering down against a black sky, the flare of the golden fireworks against the silver of Sirius's gaze, the fog of ten years, of the wrong answer to that same question no longer occluding his view. Happy New Year, Padfoot, Remus whispered, pushing the souffles aside so he could slip his arms around Sirius's waist and press him down into the mattress, speaking love into Sirius's lips. Happy New Year, my Mooney, Sirius said back, his hands finding their way to Remus's face into his hair around his neck. And when Remus kissed him with Sirius in his arms and laughing against his lips, he no longer had to pretend or to wish or to dream about how things might have worked out differently. The end. Thanks for listening. Your voice, the first chance I take the 